Greetings. On this edition of Discologist you will be experiencing the improvisational sounds of Holly Bowling and Tom Hamilton, some chill vibes from Rodrigo Amaranti, and psychedelic Swedish band Dungan is back with a brand new record for you to experience enlightenment to. Please enjoy responsibly. It is now time for you to experience the show. crowd goes wild they always do dude they always do <laughs> what a warm what a warm welcome yeah that or they're they're cheering because i'm shutting down chunky glasses but now they're here and over there but <laughs> spoiler but spoiler yeah making news here no i mean Anyways, what's up? What's going on? Happy day. <laughs> a, a rare day taping. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's the middle of the afternoon. There's there's the sun is out. Um it's a it's a quiet Friday for me. Mhm. I'm not planning on watching like three horror movies like you are tonight. No. No, no, no. Not yet. That's true. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Olive is back there. I can see see her like stretching out a little bit. Yeah, just uh, yeah. I can I can angle this a little bit more so you can get more of uh, the full What's up, olive. <laughs> S- Samuel is down on the chill sack, so we can't. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, he's, he's got shit to do. Talk. It's a cat talk now. So, uh, anything going on in the music world, Eduardo? <laughs> is anything going on in the music world? Well, warning, warning, warning. Given the current state of internet discourse, this conversation has been deemed too spicy for the world and cannot be heard at this time. We thank you for understanding and now return you to your episode of Discologist currently in progress. Like, I don't want that to be the entire reality, but that is part of the reality of the music industry today. So, at any rate, we got it at half an hour. So we got to cut it down. Songs, Um, songs, songs, songs. I, I, I'm going to go first here because uh, I've it. been excited for you to hear this. Uh, and it is a, you might laugh at this choice and you might laugh that I didn't know this. My friend Stephen Block hit me to this. Uh, the name of the album is Lacuna and it's by Tom Hamilton and Holly Bowling. Now, Tom oh, Hamilton. I know was Holly Bowling. Uh, yeah, Tom, Tom, <laughs> Tom Hamilton was in a bunch of bands. You're going you're gonna to see him with uh, Joe Russo too. Yeah. Oh, it's even, yeah. Yeah, it says he's with Joe Russo right now. Um, yeah. But they are in a band uh, called Ghost Ship. Ghostlight, excuse me. Um, together, Holly Bowling is a pianist, uh, and besides being in Ghostlight, she transcribed a lot of music from Fish and the Dead and put out two albums uh, of of all that material mm-hmm. uh, that are absolutely lovely. I had I had heard about it, but I didn't check in with it before this album. So this album, Lacuna, uh, what they've done is they had time off and they were trading tapes back and forth like you do. I think they're bi coastal. Um, and uh, he's in Philly. Didn't think she, she's in California. Uh, and somebody will correct me if I'm wrong on that. Uh, but they were trading this back and forth. And said, "Well, we should just do this thing." And this is the type of project that gives me hope for the future, regardless of the idiom. Is that they sat and they recorded this whole album in one take, 
Oh, wow. And, the, and then they just had the hard work was figuring out where to split the tracks. Wow. So this is, this is what musicians should do. Yeah. And you have to be good at your instruments to do it, first of all. You know, but you they just went in the studio, one take, put it out. It's marketed as like ambient. They they definitely bring up the jam band scene, but it's not jammy, although I'm sure jam band fans are into it. For me, this feels like especially the track I'm gonna play, which is called uh I so I so lost. Uh it feels like the type of stuff you would hear on the that Infrared Roses album that the Dead put sure. out. Sure. Yeah. Um, and or even like a jam in uh, Days Between, uh, and uh, yeah. So I, I'm just gonna play it. I I think you're gonna love it. Um, so I'm gonna play it. You listen to this, Ed, and then uh, I'm gonna go get a cup of coffee. This is I saw so last from Tom Hamilton and Holly Bowling.
All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's. Uh, um, uh, I just kept thinking about all the kind of international anthem stuff we've been we've talked about, and and that sort of um, the move towards more spacey, open, you know, uh, less song driven kinds of recordings, and um, I really like that. I was I was you know engaged the whole time. I you know just. Like hearing two people talk, you're just following a conversation. Yeah, it, it's hard. To, it's hard to pick out a track for this one because yeah. because that leads into the next track, which is amazing. That leads into the next track, which is amazing. The vinyl literally might be sitting at my doorstep right now. Okay, like it was it was it was delivering today. But uh, yeah, it's I find it interesting that like um, guitarists uh, are a lot of guitarists are really good. Right and and Tom Hamilton is is a good guitarist, but there is definitely like um, a difference between a, a, a good guitarist and like somebody who is completely iconoclastic. I don't know his work enough to know that he is that. Just hearing this from uh, from Holly Bowling, she clearly is. But there's an interesting turn that happens in this record where, if I hadn't known, like it sounded like Bruce Hornsby sat in. Which is not a knock on mm. her talent at all. It's just that Hornsby is so iconoclastic that Anne deals in this type of music. And yeah. you get a little of it at the end of that track, but the next track is where it really like kicks in. And it's just like it, it just pulling the stuff and you get to see how Hornsby, even though he was past not, when she was born, he like he is right. His prime was done. Um how he influenced these musicians with his excellence and just putting these different ways to have a conversation out into the universe and people are picking up on them. Like I, I know the whole like Phil Cook, the whole like Bonnie Bear crew, like they love Hornsby stuff. Um yeah. and, and I think for that I think for that reason, I think they get how um beyond the obvious weirdness of the last three albums, these albums in the modern age, how just weird a musician he was. The yeah. Dead certainly picked up on that, like or is not was is yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the Dead yeah, certainly does but but enough, enough about Bruce uh, you know this is this is about them uh, yeah this was suggested to me on Monday I ordered it like forty minutes later like as soon as finishing the record <laughs> yeah. and late late in the game in the year this is one of my favorite releases so huh I need to um, I need to get on this it was um, yeah. It's ghost ghost ship, ghost ship, but ghost it's ship. on Bandcamp. Okay. Uh, I will send you the link. To it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I um, think they only have a few vinyl left. I would not expect them to press it. Um, in now, before we go on your track, I want to say size venues, type of tour size venues they should be doing. Um, I'm gonna say a songbird type thing, like 300, 350 size room. Not a lot of shows either, like yeah. strategically. Um, and the reality is, is that they are doing a few shows in the East Coast, New York. It looks like New York. Um, it looks like Philadelphia, where he lives. And then, let's see. Yeah, New York and Philadelphia. Um, and then they're doing two shows in Colorado, one in Boulder, one in Beaver Creek, and one in San Francisco. All of them look to be around like 700-seat venues. That's that's short a tour. I can see how that yeah. works. Yeah, um, it feels like the kind of show that 
maybe should be a seated show. Yes. I don't I don't know how the rest of the album sounds, but I think if you have people standing yeah. there, I mean, you know, drugs help, but you know, if 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 people are just standing there um for this kind of music, I think I think it might be really nice to have it be sort of more of like a theater feeling where people are sitting down and and kind of watching the performers. Yeah. Um as opposed to treating it like a like a rock show even though Yeah. There yeah, are this rock is the type elements. of thing This is the type of thing you could see like going out with say Bill Frizzell who's mounting some shows. Um, yeah, you know, or Julian Lage has been doing like smaller venues um, because that's that's what he can fill. I mean, yeah, Ju- Julian Lage, one of the best guitarists of a generation, uh, did not sell out Union Stage in Washington D.C. And there's no shame. I'm not sure he. I'm not sure he does still. Um, yeah, he offers that, a no master class because, when he plays. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because he's just fucking awesome. But yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm glad you like that. Yeah, I really did. I really did. Yeah. So what do you got? Uh, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, I have uh, something by Rodrigo Amaranchi, uh, Rodrigo Amarante. He's, uh, he's, um, he is from Rio, like I am. He's about my age. And um, I guess people know him because he has one of his songs is, is the uh, theme song for the Narcos show, which I don't watch. Hmm. Um, but, um, this came across, um, this came across my radar a few months ago. And this is, this is a record that has really grown on me. This is one of the most immediately sort of, you know, hook worthy songs off of it. So this is called Mare, which means, um, like the tide or, you know, the sea, the movement of the sea. So here we go. Mare. I um, picking up little hints of Mid Lake in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this is a really good track to play before we get into our main discussion here. Today I thought so too. Yeah. yeah, because you understand the words to this. I do not. <laughs> right. And and this gets into the, our last episode. What we were talking about is that Pitchfork list of just ignoring all this music that exists out there. Uh, I really like that, but I really like it because that's some like 
really solid pop music. It I, is, I think yeah. it's you know it, it it's culturally flavored, but it's also like it's just really solid pop music. You've, I, I said Midlake, but that's more a uh, it's got a little bit of Broken Bells production. You know, mm-hmm. it's a little slicker. It's meant for. And then when you when you tell me that he has a show or has a song on a show, that's the type of sheen that you have to get on there because that's the type of music that like resonates most with people in a in modern society or with yeah. the largest amount of people, um, the majority uh, that that we don't want to talk about because. <laughs> And that means that like, oh, the music industry might be fine. It's just not for like people that aren't doing that. Um, I think think Mauricio covered him. I think think he's played in D.C. before. Yeah. I'll I'll have to ask about that. Yeah, that's great. That's a fun song. How is uh, how's the rest of the album? It's really nice. It has um, it has elements of this. you know, of of Brazilian pop um, mm-hmm. that are informed by, uh, you know, he's he's been in a few bands that that had traction in Brazil. Um, Los Hermanos is one of them, uh, which is a Spanish word, but that's part of the joke. He's played with a couple of folks that I really like, Marisa Monchi, Gilberto uh, Gil. Um, the album has a really, it, you know, you know, that, that mood, which sort of feels like these are songs that you could see just being played in your living room a little bit. There's sort of an effortless quality to, to how he kind of glides around them that I think is really inviting. And the whole album has that sort of warm, inviting feel. Yeah, that's nice. I think I'll definitely check that out this weekend. Um, before, before we go on, we're, we're going to take a quick break and, and get into talking about, uh, Dungeon, dungeon, however you want to say it, man. Dungeon, I, 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 Dunyan, heard, I, I heard, I heard them say it like a dozen times on YouTube yesterday, and I'm yeah, still not sure um, doing it right. I, I, I want to stick on uh, on Brazilian music for a second. This is a, I, I, I didn't get a response from you on this, uh, and correct me on the pronunciation of the last name. Astrid uh, Gilberto, Gilberto, Astrid, Astrid Gilberto, yeah, Gilberto, yeah. yeah, yeah, good stuff, huh? I, yeah, so. <laughs> Um, Girl from Ipanema, obviously, but like Mm -hmm. as we consume music, we often hear that, and we're like, you know, I don't, I don't care who that is by. Um, So it never, like, I of course I knew the song, and I don't know what triggered it, but I just randomly started going back into her catalog, and this is could be part of the problem with the music industry. What a remarkable record! of a period in time and of Brazilian music in general and how Brazilian music reacted to American music, specifically like Frank Sinatra type stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like everything about all these records, uh, besides her being just an amazing singer is just to me, mind blowing. Yeah. And somewhere yeah. there's a dude going, well, how did you not know that you run a show? It's like, well, that, no, that's the point. Yeah. You can't know everything. You know, the, the part of the, um, there's a great, it's not available in English. Uh, there's a great documentary about this woman, uh, Nara Leon, who was really the sort of, um, she was, I remember when she passed, she was described as like the muse of Bossa Nova, um, which is, which is horribly, um, degrading to, to what she was. She was an engineer and an architect of the scene completely. But, but part of what was happening is you had these guys who, who, who knew traditional Brazilian music, but who were also interested in jazz. And there wasn't really a way for them to kind of 
play those sort of weird modal type chords um, and sing Brazilian music. And so they had to invent a genre. Right. And right. Um, and that's and that's what happens. And eventually, you know, Verve and others come knocking and 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 bring those 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 folks up to record um, in the U.S. And in some ways, too, you know, the, the sort of double edged sword here is that in some ways that that becomes something that you hang on every Brazilian artist and folks like Rodrigo Amaranchi are maybe trying to get away from a little bit. You know, they don't want to be pegged as as sort of only being allowed to be in a bossa nova adjacent space. Um, but that all being said, it was such a great fertile uh, period. And it was really, you know, you think about all these all these other smaller regional streams of music that never got pulled up by you know, by the powers that be, by Frank Sinatra, by others to come record in the States, right? And and it just so happens that the folks doing Jobim, Joan Joubert, those guys, they were they were they were allowed to do that. And they and uh, you know, that's that's a reason why they've become standards. That's why Ron Carter plays a few shows in yeah. Brazil every year. Yeah. Um last thing, who would be the Amer- white American analog for Rodrigo? The white American analog, Ooh, because I'm I'm it, trying to because because I'm trying to like not understand the words. I'm just yeah. listening to the music and like the the cadence and the and the timbre of the words, and I'm trying to place it and I can't. And I almost said something like Nathaniel Rateliff, but that's definitely not it. Yeah, that's a little more. Uh, maybe like a Devendra Barnhart or something like that. Um, okay. Yeah. Might be kind of that that sort of um, and that's and I'm and it's that's sort of a cop out because he's heavily influenced by Brazilian music too. But that's but that's or right. or you know what Damien like uh, Damien Gerardo isn't there a little bit of a Damien Gerardo feel to that? Yes. The, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. See, I was expecting that to be gross, but it's actually not. Like it's like oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I have to check and see if Damien has a TV show theme. Um, anyway, <laughs> we're, 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 we're going to take a quick break when we come back uh, we're going to talk about Dungeon and uh, deal with the fact that like neither of us understand any of these lyrics here, so here. hang tight and let's go Thank you. 
There's a little bit of, and look, I apologize up front for pronunciation. There was no way, even <laughs> if we studied, we were going to get this right. So, uh, Skov Day, uh, that is uh, sure. where the leader of this group, singer, songwriter, composer, Gustav Estes, is fr- is actually from. That's what the title means. Uh, that song is four minutes and 20 seconds long. Good figure. <laughs> but but uh, th- this is the band uh, Dungeon, and on their latest release, I think uh, you can hear that they're going a little more pop than they have in the past. For people who are big fans of this band, they- they're often classified as like psychedelic rock, uh, they're folk rock. Um, it's interesting, I've heard people call it classic rock, but Swedish classic rock, so that makes me want to know what Swedish classic rock actually is. Wow. Um, they have one of my favorite albums of all time. They did a collaboration with Woods, uh, who they have a lot in common. It's Miss Three, uh, which was there's a Marfa Myths festival in Marfa, Texas, and they just invite bands to go down there and collaborate. It's not very big, and they did. And uh, Mexican Summer, the label that Dungeon is on in America, put out this collection of stuff. Miss Three, if you can find it, I think you can just get it on Discogs now. Uh, it's it's fantastic. It is streaming though. Uh, other members of this band are Ryan Fisk on guitar, uh, Johan Homegaard on drums, and Matthias Gustafsson on bass. Um, there, we we mentioned it before the break. There's no English on this album, so there's no way for you and I, unless we dig into like translation, to relate to like what they're saying. And it's something that. Weirdly, uh, because I I have never dug into the Dungeons catalog that heavily, thought about that that's what they did. Uh, there's another group called The Amazing uh, that that Ryan is a part of that does sing in English. Yeah, uh, their album Gentle Stream is one of my faves of all time, and, and it's one of the first things we hey, go figure. Andre found it and was just like, "Hey, here you go. <laughs> um, and and so going into this was a. A unique experience for me because I'm like, what is this band about? I've seen them at DC Nine. Uh, they did a tour scoring like one of the first animated uh, films. It was fantastic. I mean, it was mind blowing. Um, and it didn't even register then that this was just all in Swedish. I don't know why. Um, but that aside, what you have here is a real slice of a very specific point in time that hasn't really evolved since then i think it's like late 60s like early 70s psychedelia tame impala has mined that a little bit um but as soon as like he as soon as he saw a chance to like be a pop star he did like that that his new his music is blanched of, of the creativity i think uh but these guys are like super committed to it um, and, and the result is an album that you can just sit with and it feels like what Psychedelia originally was supposed to be, kind of poppy, light, frothy, not scary. Um, definitely wasn't like necessarily tripping to it, although you could. Um, and, and it's it's just a, it's a fascinating and, and ultimately like pleasing sound to me. I agree. It is. It is really pleasing, and um, I'll I'll just um, kind of underscore your use of the word poppy here because that's yeah. You know, even though even though these guys often get tagged with that psychedelic label, 
Um, what it seems like to me is that you you have, you know, fundamentally just kind of pop songs under a psych veneer a little bit. Um, well, yeah. And it's and it's a really you know and it's and 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 those choices are you know I'm not I'm not sort of treating that as being apart from the music I think I think that's and 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 nor is that a criticism I I really enjoy their music, um, but it feels to me a little bit like like the media here don't quite know how to talk about them other than in those terms and and at least what I, you know the 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 live videos that that I've checked out of of them playing. I don't know, for example, that they're really an improvisational act. I think they have they have songs that are that are complex and, you know, technically mm-hmm. difficult to 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 play and, you know, and that are multi-layered and have all these sort of, you know, different, you know, um, different types of harmony converging at different points in time. Um, and that's that I think of that as being more like proggy almost than psychedelic. I mean, even for though sure. even though it's not, you know, sonically, it's not that at all. But um but they're a really interesting band, and and even I was thinking about um, you know the first when they first sort of came into to kind of my uh, my sphere was that record that the Tadet Lunked I think that everyone covered in the mid Second, like two thousand five yeah something like yeah, that yeah. and uh, and I remember I think I downloaded it um, here was here was my memory of it I downloaded it off of E Music because I was a member of E Music at the time. And I burned it to CD so I could listen to it, um, you know, in my office or something like that. And um, because I had a little boombox and no way to play my iPod in my office. And so I kept playing this CD and I was convinced that somehow the files had gotten scrambled and I had the track list out of order. Um, <laughs> so every t- yeah. every time I started it, I just kept thinking like this can't be the way. And then and then I went back and I checked all the Swedish spellings and all it. And it was it was the right order. <laughs> it was just it's just that disorienting of a record in spots that you know. And I th- and I think it's kind of fun to be placed in a in the middle of something that you don't really understand. And I think as you said, it's 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 liberating a little bit to to not have the words have to register with any kind of particular emotional or even. Uh, you know, substantive meaning. They're just they're just there as as sounds that are part of the music. Yeah, and and, and I think it redefines honestly what that psychedelic experience can be can be about. You know, I, we asked when we had Kim Ware on. I asked her, and this is a question I'm obsessed with. Like, like why communicate in singing? Why communicate what you're saying in singing? And and the and you know the singer for this uh, Gustav has said. These are these are basically just his day to day stuff. Uh, he's writing about what everybody else is writing about and putting it in this format. And because I don't speak Swedish, all I hear is uh, phonetics. Yeah, and I still get a lot of that meaning, or or rather, the song is still meaningful or can be meaningful. And it has yeah. nothing to do with what he what what he was saying, um, which confuses my question more. <laughs> right? Because now I'm like, all right, what is you know what would what would uh, Dungeon be without vocals? Uh, roughly the same band. If you don't understand Swedish, if you do though, I think that's offensive to Swedes because Swedes are probably like, no, this song like the lyrics changed my life. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So, you know, it, 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 there is something to that, um, 
just 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 the way you were talking now made me think a little bit of of Sigur Rose, who I'm not not really into. But, Same but thing, suddenly, yeah. yeah. But suddenly you get into that that place of just like, oh well, if you know, if we're trying to convey an emotion or a mood, and sometimes words will get in the way of that. Um, because people have their associations with those or, you know, it, it, it can be difficult to do that, um, to engineer that, the, the response you're seeking using words. Um, so yeah, why not make up a language and sing and that and just let people sort of, um, bring their own thing to it. I kind of, I, I you know, I, I, I like that we get to do that, but like you, I have that same concern of just like, am I listening to Dungan wrong? Like, should I, should I? Should I be yeah. looking up these lyrics and translating them and understanding what they mean or asking a Swede? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely will after after this podcast. Like, I, I, it, it, The plan was to do it before, but there was no, there's just like we couldn't play it and then be like, this is what this means. I'm not, yeah. not yeah, going to yeah. be like a, a live translator for this because obviously I don't know Swedish. Um, I does, was, Sweden, I wanna... does Sweden still have that call a Swede thing that they did a few years ago? Do you remember this? There was like a national phone number for Sweden and you could volunteer to be like the phone answer for the country. While you're making while, that up. While you play <laughs> us the next song, I'm gonna, on, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look this up while you're while you're playing us the next song. <laughs> okay, well, I'm gonna play the next song. Um, you know, we mentioned the band Woods, and I think they have a lot in in common with this. I think this song, uh, more so than most, uh, the release last year uh, from Woods was one of our favorites. Was it last year or two years ago? What is time? We don't we don't know. Um, it was before. It was before, yeah. So uh, the name of the song in Swedish is Natten Sista Strima Lejus. What it means is the night's last shimmer of light. And uh, yeah, right? Now you know you're like, damn, they are talking about serious stuff. This is Anyways, uh, this song is great. So that's a little bit of in English, the night's last shimmer of light. Um, you know, you've got a lot of uh, one of my favorite things about this type of particular type of psychedelia is that 
you have this like blowout almost dirt filter on the drums and the fills at the end of the yeah. measures. And it's such it's such a like overused cliche trick, studio trick. And it always sounds good though. It always sounds great. And I don't know sexy is not the right word, but when you hear it, you're like you're in for something like sexy adjacent. <laughs> something quite something I, I, yeah, corporeal. Uh, yeah, it's like that, that. That's what you see. You you see it like in a film. Like it'll be yeah. like the guy in his trailer. The guy will tell a joke and be like, tch, 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 but it'll be like all like fuzzed out, and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> this doesn't sound like normal drums. Um, yeah. But yeah, that gives you an idea of stuff. Woods is very versed in this this technique and uh, uses it in a lot of their songs to color a lot of their songs. Um, so like them doing that album with them, I think was kind of a perfect fit. They actually toured with them in 2009. Mm. And, you know, it makes... I don't know if Will Woods wouldn't have been on that 90s list, but if we do like a, a 2000s, 2010s list, or Pitchfork does, um, you know, where is Woods going to sit compared to Dunin? Is yeah. If they're doing the same thing, and we just don't understand what one is saying... Well, I think it could break in Dunyan's favor because I think that makes him more exotic um, than Woods. Right. Yeah, and I think there's, I think the temptation is to 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 rate them higher because the assumption is that there are many other bands out there like Woods, and most people don't know another band like Dunyan. So, yeah, um, yeah, it is it is fascinating this whole sort of you know listening to music where you don't understand the lyrics and i and i i subject people to brazilian music a lot and then i try to explain it to them and it's never it's it's never quite the same right it's just it's it's always it's like a rendering not. yeah you you tell me and i'm just like sure that's right <laughs> yeah. yeah but then i go back and, and look stuff up and, and try to figure that stuff out and it's like um because at the end of the day like any music that people make is just reflecting not not necessarily themselves, even just their the culture that they come from, the time uh, that they they are in, and that always has value, um, even if it's weird, even if you think it's weird that people sing. Like it's just like, well, that's I don't know how they got there, but let's yeah. see let's see about this. Let's see what's going on. Well, I have bad news about the Swedish number um, because it's no. no longer open. But that it was fake, open. That you made it up? It was open for well over a year and they okay. received uh, nearly 200,000 calls. And it was literally it was the first country in the world with its own phone number. Get connected to a random Swede and talk about anything. <laughs> so if only we had thought, if only we could go back in time, we could call a random Swede. That gives me an idea for the future of the show, but <laughs> <laughs> um, man, could some could we lobby to revive that? Can we NATO should. do something about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, they aren't in NATO. Wait, are they in NATO now? They're gonna they're gonna be in NATO. I think they're gonna be in NATO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, uh, yeah. I <laughs> so there aren't a lot of bands in the U.S. that I think are, are necessarily doing this at this level. Um, you know, the album as, as a whole, as you, as you go through it, really touches on like all the points you'd want in a psychedelic record. I, I don't know. It's, I didn't look at Pitchfork before this to see what they rated it. I didn't either. Um, but if they did something like best new music or whatever, I'm going to have to call bullshit. And uh, because like 
I really, really like this record, but set it next to one of their other records, and it's, it's like, oh, firmly, this is, yeah, yeah, and and that's that's fine. In fact, that's great. That means this band knows who they are, and they they make what they want. And any band that can keep doing that, like I'm going to buy this record, and I bought previous records because I'm a fan of the band. That's how you. I mean, you know, you. I'm of their community, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and so, sort of dovetailing back to our previous discussion, when something like this comes along, and we know that there aren't that many bands in the U.S. that are really this committed to it. I mean, everybody's thrown their own like twist. Um, but there are certainly bands that are like, I love Dunyan and go out and do it. And it, maybe they're more popular in the United States than that because people are like, Whoa, you're speaking words I can understand. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that, I think that might be, I think that might be, I, I don't, you know, I, I, this is, this, this is a band that I don't, I've, I've never made a particular effort to, to stay current with because every, everything mm. I hear of theirs, I, I, I like, and I enjoy. Um, and they've, they've got a very definite you know, well carved out kind of space and role that, that they occupy. But that being said, to go back to the the conversation at the top of this hour, which may or may not still be part of this episode, um, this is a band that I would, if, if, if anyone called me and said, uh, hey, there's a Swedish psych band playing near me called Dunya and I don't know them, should I go see them? I've never seen them, but I would say, yes, absolutely go see them. And yeah. and it's, it's a, it, is a, it is a goal for me to see them the next time they play here, whether I know any of the songs or not. Yeah, I, at, the, at that DC Nine show, I actually like texted Daria. I'm like, uh, Dunyan is made of stars. And she's like, <laughs> and her response is like, "Are you and Andre tripping?" And I said, "Maybe." <laughs> it just uh, it is fantastic. I want to play another track um, before we get out of here a little bit, to so that like they do dig into like what we understand to be this, the the classic psychedelic sound of like the 21st century at least. There's a there's a quote from the AV Club um, about one of their albums that says. Uh, if you still yearn for the days when Tame Impala was a genuine psych rock band, odds are you'll love Dunyan. And like, look, man, yeah. like Dunyan was around way before Tame yeah. Impala. And and so if anything, um, Tame Impala, the, the Inner Speaker was the only album that Tame Impala went down that path. They did it okay. They did it okay. Pond tried it too. They also did it okay. Oh, yeah. That Beard's Wives Denim album is fine. Both went to pop. One is good. One is not bad. I'll, uh, one is bad. But I'll let you decide which one it is. This song, though, uh, kills me. It's the longest song on the album. Uh, it's called Mobler. Uh, and it just means furniture. That makes it even better. <laughs> uh, so let's play a little of this and uh, be right back.
And you're off on a little space journey, man. Yeah. Like cue yeah. cue the space whales, and and that that song's got like I think way more guitar, or a certain type of guitar than uh, the rest of the album. So it pulls you out of the pop zone into the more like rock overlap of Venn diagram and that. But it's it's a mode, and that's mainly that sound is mainly how I've known this band. Um, yeah, that, that there's there's a little you know I think I. I'm 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 partial to their sound when they get when it's a little bit more sort of groove um, and and groove isn't the right word for it but sort of in the same way that Woods will will try to find a groove and a rhythm you know it's less I mean there's not a lot of freakout stuff going on here but it's sort of it's more when you hear things on the low end and you hear kind of the bass and drums being in alignment and propelling the song forward yeah. as opposed to a melodic event that is happening which includes bass and drums. Interestingly enough, Gustav uh, started out this project as a teenager wanting to uh, make hip hop. Huh. So well, uh, he and, missed, but and, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, Sorry. Uh, yeah. So, but I mean, you hear those elements in there as hip hop is internalized by a young Swedish guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, how, I, how music travels the world and hits us is something that is, uh, is, studied by a lot of people and is is absolutely fascinating like yeah. how does how does dark star hit somebody in uh let's say Nairobi yeah um that's a oh hi Olive. um I, I I don't know, and it's and I think it's a, it's 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 interesting that um, to think of that music even traveling, right? Because I always I, I cite my right. experience often of just when we moved to the states. I was fourteen or fifteen. I had never I had never heard the Grateful Dead. I might have heard of them. I don't I don't know that I really had any idea what or who they were. I had never heard any of their music until a couple of years after I moved to the states. Um, I hope. So, so first of all, I hope that's, I hope that's all different, but, um, but you're right that, you know, you know, the way that, that, um, the kind of what it, what, what that music can attach to and hang on to in, in the culture of the place where it's being heard is wholly unpredictable. Right. Yeah. And uh, I mean, even I, I think across the United States, you see a difference in how people like take certain kinds of music, yeah. um, something, something that plays and sort of echoes the vibe of, of California, the coast of California is going to play differently on the East coast. Uh, looking at you Dawes, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and so, yeah, you mean just remove it from the context of culture, trying to dig down and figure out if the, the, the genetics, the DNA of this stuff, what's unique to all of it. And then what is, unique to only certain regions is uh, yeah. a fast, it can be a fascinating and overwhelming pursuit um, with this uh, I think uh, I am going to look into figure out what the lyrics are for this stuff uh, I, I don't think anybody who isn't really interested in doing that should do that I don't think yeah. you should feel bad yeah, that's the other thing I don't you know we were saying oh look at all these like white dudes in the pitchfork list like 
there's no music anywhere else. But this is a little different than that. This is like you can support this band, you can like it. Um, it is not a requirement that you dig too deeply into it, the parts that you don't understand. I just suspect that if you do, it'll it'll become more rewarding. I could be wrong. Yeah. The lyrics could right. be like bubble gum, bubble gum. I love my girl. <laughs> you know, I, I you know I, I I just don't know. Uh, and uh, but I want to find out. Uh, and that you know that can, it just can inform so much. Like just looking yeah. at music like that can inform so much about how you see the world and react to the world. Yeah. Well, report report back with your findings. Um, yeah, because I I sure as shit have no idea what's being said. And, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you no, look well, at the track list, look at the track list, and then these are the translations. Uh, there's no translation for the first track. It's uh, Gustav is from Sweden. Om det finns något som du vill fråga mig is if there's anything you want to ask me about. The titles go on, Night Slash Shimmer of Light, We Heard That, Furniture, Colors of Fall, Where Have You Been, The Clock Is Ticking, It's Late, One Is Too Much, and A Thousand Is Never Enough, and the final track is At Night. Uh, that's just If that was like a Woods album, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> you know? Um, and, and so even enjoying this album, spending time with it, I'm not sure quite how to take it. I like that, though. Yeah, yeah. It's a good, it's a, it's a good one to sit with. It's a good one to sit with. Yeah. So uh, I would say go out and get this. Uh, check out the uh, the amazing Gentle Stream. That is an all-time classic. Um, yeah. If you can get the Marfa thing, I'm not sure if it's still in vinyl. You'll see it around shops. Okay. Like heads, heads like collect it. Uh, but this is, and Sweden is known for this type of music too, by the way. Yes. These are not the only bands, and, and Dunyan is not the only one, but they, I think they're one of the few that, like, Pitchfork was like, yeah. 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 For whatever reason. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. I guess we're out of here, man. I, I yeah. think we're done. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think, I think uh, we're done Dunyan. Next episode is happens around Halloween. You're going to London, so we don't know yet. We may have a guest host. You may be on it. We don't know. Yeah, we, we, we yeah, we'll, fi- we, we'll figure we this out. We're, 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 we're going to figure it out. But uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you in a few weeks. In the meantime, uh, listen to more Swedish music. Yeah. All right. <laughs>